All right, hello, welcome to Dailyish. This is Dailyish episode number thirty-nine for Tuesday, September sixteenth. It's uh, eight degrees outside. This isn't a weather podcast, as you know. This episode of Dailyish is brought to you by Campaign Monitor, which you can visit at campaignmonitor.com for all your lovely newsletter needs, and also Less Accounting, which you can visit at lessaccounting.com. And uh, you can use coupon code with less accounting. I just have to mention this because it's such a sweet coupon code. Tiger Uppercut, all one word, is gives you uh, 83% off your first three months if you need some awesome, simple accounting software for your small, small to medium business. Tiger Uppercut. And I'm joined this special edition for this special edition of Dailyish by Christopher Schmidt, hey. longtime uh, what web nerd friend. I don't know what. Yeah, that's what right. we call ourselves, what our relationship is out these days. That's a good friend is the most important. Friend, right? right. And we, so it's it's not a weather podcast, but how's the traffic? Yeah, the I eighty five is a little backed up right now, but uh, uh, if you hit Circle Drive, right. you'll be okay. Uh, be careful out there, people. Yeah, drive safe. Yeah. Don't use your devices, and especially do not listen to or look for a U two song or album in your <laughs> iCloud exactly. while you're driving. Right. Yeah. It's it's amazing how many people. Uh, I find just did not want a U2 album on their phone. <laughs> it was like, it, it was like, you know, do, and I think I feel a little old with that because, you know, do you know how awesome it would be to have a U2 album on your phone like 10 years ago? Like you could even, even do that, right? It was like, just crazy. You could barely get a ringtone on their phone. Exactly. So, okay. So back up. So if Christopher and I go back a ways with, he was actually one of the first people I podcast with, U2 Log Podcast, which is somewhere on the internet. You can find it if you want, but there's only four episodes, I think. <laughs> Yeah. They sound pretty rough, but we had fun. Yeah, and uh, we also have done yeah. the non-breaking space show, which is on good stuff here in mm-hmm. in in sleeper mode. It's in it's. We're, we're actually doing uh, jazz interviews right now. Nice. You can only uh, we're asking the questions you can't hear. Yeah, right now. <laughs> it's so deep; it's not even <laughs> recordable. But uh, we thought we'd. Uh, we we've been meaning to, wanting to like talk this U two thing through, and uh, what better venue than on a podcast when other people can listen to our annoying conversation? So, so the story that I'm sure everybody's aware, well aware of, Apple released announces new iPhones, new devices, new amazing things for your technology right, yeah. needs, yeah. and then at the very end of the keynote, all of a sudden, and we'd heard rumors as U two fans, you know, U two might be doing something at the Apple event. Yeah, or they might just be releasing an album with them, or we didn't know. But then, turns out they come on stage, play a song. Afterwards, they have a little pre-rehearsed uh, contract negotiation <laughs> thing, and at the end of it, the result is we're going to release the new YouTube album for free to every iTunes user right. in the world. As as a longtime YouTube fan, that was probably the most anticlimactic uh, album release. I've ever uh, seen or been a part of as a fan, like just witnessed. Like because, uh, so why? Because it's, you, you did because, Well, one, well, I, have, I have a little bias because I was busy uh, working all day and things just weren't going that great that day. I mean, they're going okay, but it's just, they weren't just like things were, you know, I'm kind of a perfectionist when things, you know, happening, but, but when we're dealing with technology, you know, you shouldn't, um, <laughs> I shouldn't expect that. You shouldn't expect that sort of thing. <laughs> but, um, and so it happened and I couldn't listen to it. I couldn't, uh, watch the stream of what's what was going on and and um and it was like uh, watching it you know apple had i think from steve jobs they had a template of how to release pro- uh, products and now without you know you know passing out steve jobs 
you know, Apple's sort of finding their own rhythm on how to release projects, you know, and there was, you know, you know, one thing with the, the keynote, you know, there was a lot more videos, you know, instead of them talking and doing uh, demos and stuff like that um, through the, for the Apple Watch and through the new iPhones and stuff like that. Um, they still had some demos. But then um, when it came time at the end for U2 to come out, it was just like, so what do we talk about now? Yeah. Let's, you know, it was like uh, you guys could have done some improv classes. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, just work this through a little bit, you know, and just, and yes, you know, so. And the, well, yeah. uh, Tim, Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, sh- sort of shilling pretty brutally about like after they play, he's like, just like how your dad would do it or whatever. Like, wasn't that the best single you've ever heard? And like, <laughs> uh, we didn't uh, think of it as a single, first of all. It was just a song. We weren't thinking in terms of marketing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. It was just like, oh, oh we're here for the watch. You yeah. Know, just, and um, yeah. So I felt like, um, it would have been cooler or more interesting if they had made a just a generic, you know, iTunes uh, or iPod or like you know, you remember those old iPod commercials where they would just play three seconds of a song and people in silhouette, you know, colors would just dance and stuff like that. Yeah, and it'd be cool if they, they just like, hey, we just want to re-, at the beginning of the keynote they said, yeah, we just got a couple of commercials, we just want to show it to them, just get you like you know. And they would, and one of them would be you too, right? You know, or like you know, all of them you two would be about you too. Music in the background, and people would be like, "Okay, that's cool." Then talk about the phone, then talk about that watch, you know, and then, you know, and then you, then there you have commercials about the iPhone, you know, whatever. And then people would be like, "Oh, wait, here's you too. This is great." And then they sing the song that was featured in the commercial, and then, and then it was like they they had videos for everything like you know tim cook would come out like hey guys let's talk about a new thing oh wait video let me go walk off stage so you could see the rejection of his video right yeah and so it was kind of like this yo-yo effect of tim cook going on and off stage uh showing videos of um doing a presentation but when it came time to actually say we're releasing an album a new youtube album to 500 million itunes subscribers they had nothing like no video yeah no slide you know, yeah, and you know, and to some, you know, I guess the, the flip side would be like, well, you just had you two play a song, you know, live, which is like great, you know, whatever. But I was just like, but when it came time that they push a, a magical button, you know, with it with the Tim Cook and, and Bono pressing each other's fingers. index fingers, you know, I was just like, that's kind of like weird, you know, yeah. that's that's not how you want to release an album, you know, yeah. I mean, I just, that's not how you want to do it. Well, and I thought I sent, you know, as YouTube fans, obviously we were well familiar with, uh, and, you know, we'd grown a bit maybe with Bono's being Bono and, and whatever, and his like, like on stage, he's in concert and stuff. He's infamous or famous, I guess, uh, for being that they sort of call it rehearse spontaneity, right? Like the sort of spinal tap moments of like, I was driving down circle drive and you know, whatever, mm-hmm. but like he, in general, they do a, a pretty good job of making it feel authentic even though you everybody knows they're doing those same things every night night after right. night and right. i felt like bono's attempts to sort of like play up the the contract a little bit and like you know sort of poking fun at tim mm-hmm. was genuine and and you could see like even the edge laughing you mm-hmm. know like they don't they didn't really show larry mullen i was thinking larry mullen jr's got to be just like 
swearing up and down and saying like i told you so he's dying inside oh yeah like he's anybody who's not familiar that like not that we're like intimate with the band (laughs) but if you're not a youtube fan you wouldn't maybe know that like larry's the guy who's sort of their bs detector and he's the one who usually tells them not like pulls them out of stuff like this and i can just imagine he's just killing himself like well they're they're also like four irish dudes so they they bs each other like detect each other all the time so yeah 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 But I thought, like, his, you know, Bono's genuinely trying to just have a little fun with it. Tim's trying to stick to the, some script that they came <laughs> up with. Yeah. And it's like, just relax and don't don't try and be cheesy. Just <laughs> just yeah. enjoy the fact that you've got, like, you 2 who's, you know, by their last tour sales, is still the biggest, one of the biggest bands in the world. So, right. yeah. yeah. I'm guessing it came together really last minute. Like, You think so? I, I don't think so. I don't know. Because... Well, I, I don't know. I was I was asking actually Neil McCormick on Twitter. He's the music reviewer in, in right. the UK and grew up with the band and stuff and has a great movie you can check out. Um, the book is called Killing Bono. The movie is called... No, the movie's called Killing Bono and the book is called I Was Bono's Doppelganger. Anyway, um, it's on Netflix now. Um, but I was asking him because he... I said, I'm trying to find the tweet here where he replied to me, but... Um, he had the album beforehand, but he didn't know it was going to be released that day. So he got he got a preview of it to review it because his review came out the day, that day. So I knew, like, obviously he had got it before. It wasn't like, but he replied right. saying like they literally like finished it as they yeah. flew across the ocean, kind of thing. Right. Which you can do now, right? Like, I mean, in iTunes, it's just like exporting from whoever, like Flood or right. whoever it was that did the mixing. Well, Logic yeah, export well, and send it to Apple and. <laughs> right. Well, I got two points. One is that. I think they were ready to release it early in the year with, around the Super Bowl because they had the Invincible song released during the Super Bowl. Uh, granted, it wasn't like during the halftime show, but that's like 112, 112 million viewers right. watching that Super Bowl. And then you had the Medela song, which is you know in a movie that's seen around the world. That's you know in the Oscars show that was I think that was. Maybe ten million viewers. I could be wrong about that. But like in, in the United States alone, and so and I know the Oscars go, you know, it gets broadcast internationally, and so you know they had some momentum at the start of the year. So you could not, they were ready to go and to release an album. Whether it was finalized and mixed, or whether they were happy with it, you know, that could be, you know, yeah, that's where know, maybe they feel. could still like tinker till the end of time to do it. So I think around that time, Apple might have gotten to them and said. You know, something's happening, or maybe, maybe even they were, or they were going to wait until this time to release it. And um, right around when Beats was bought, was acquired by Apple, they could say, like, "Okay, what are we going to do now? Now that we have Beats and we have iTunes, like, what are we going to do now? We have like these kind of competing yeah. things." And so, um, so around that time, so I think they've they've known about it for a while, what they wanted to do, and so, they, and I'm glad they did it because it, you know they need something to. Yeah, get a butts and gear to, to release at home. Says the guy who has no idea how to run uh, YouTube. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say for people who are interested, you have a nice blog post up, which I'll link in the show notes, sort of outlining you know the the Oscars, the Academy Awards, uh, their appearance right. on Jimmy Fallon. And you're always, I know whenever we talk, you're always up on like, okay, if they have if they release a song by now, then it'll be eligible for these right. Academy Awards or these Oscars or whatever, and all that kind of stuff. And you know, yeah, all it's, the other classic. It's classic YouTube that they release a single. Um, at the right before the close of a Grammy's window for that year, and then they release the album um, after this first single. Of course, that usually how it usually works. After the the Grammy closes for the next year, so they can actually like spread 
one album worth of across two uh two grammys yeah two award seasons or whatever. yeah yeah so they, so they go sledding for awards pretty much right <laughs> which they <laughs> never it. used to like i remember if if the books can be believed that uh uh what's his name uh bill the sort of the youtube bible at the end of the until the end of the world or whatever that book and when they were at the grammys the one time and you know they lost to eric clapton or something and it was like we're never doing this again, and you know, now it feels like a bit of like business. It's the business side angle is winning right. out over the artistic whatever integrity side or whatever that would be called, yeah. selling out. I guess I don't know. Yeah. How can you sell out when you're YouTube already? <laughs> I don't know. But but the the other point I want to make is that it took. They said that they were finished with the album a week before, and I'm not really sure exactly what that means. But um, it, but it also says that it's mastered for iTunes. And I'm not an audiophile per se, but I'm like, does it really just take a week to get something mastered for iTunes? You know, like you know, and mastered for iTunes means that it's uh, the the mix for the for the song is you know engineered so that it plays very well on in iTunes and the iDevices and yeah. some of that. Where if you just do a, a straight rip, it might not uh, play very well, or like, like that, <laughs> or if it, you know, so it not play like, as great as a quality. Yeah, and I could tell you when I played it the first the first spin, you know, I was gonna kind of have to pay attention to it, and I felt like, man, this song are these songs done? <laughs> you know, right. I don't think they're done. I don't think they're like really fixed. But it wasn't until I got a really good pair of headphones on um, that it actually started. Like, oh, okay, this is I'm hearing you know uh, the you know softer tones and stuff like that that I couldn't hear before. So, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like I, I'm with you. I put it on the stereo at home here and and played it there and, and stuff and then you start to hear some of the nuanced stuff as as a youtube fan that i enjoy uh with mm. the album but yeah I, first i like like how you said spin as if <laughs> anybody <laughs> even knows what that means anymore but uh the the first listen to me on like when i was listening on my laptop obviously downloading it you know through itunes trying to frantically get it to actually that's the funny thing like the day it was released it was kind of like this panic amongst at least music connected nerds who are interested in it at all were like, mm-hmm. how do I get this? How can I get this? It's not appearing. Yeah. Why can't I get, make this thing appear? What's going on? And everybody's trying different things and links to the store and, you know, back and forth on Twitter or whatever. Right. And yeah. then the next day it wasn't, or two days later where like the backlash of like, how do I get this thing off my thing? How can I, <laughs> everybody's like, so, um, I'm curious. Well, my story was that, uh, my credit card, uh, my credit card company hates iTunes. Absolutely <laughs> hates it. And so that, and I'm, you know, I'm an Apple uh, fanboy. I, I love the ecosystem. I just, you know, I've, you know, ever since OXX, I've, I've just been like, yes, this is me. Uh, this is what I want to work on. Um, it's just, I've been there. Then when the App Store happened, and when the, you know, from the Mac App Store happened, and all this stuff. So I've been, you know, and I do business online. So I do a lot of, you know, you know, I get a lot of money to Apple. And so recently, my, my credit card companies decided, like, yeah, there's so much fraud on iTunes that gets reported <laughs> that they've held, they block any purchase through iTunes. Wow. Uh, Apple. So, so, yeah, I have a free, I had a free album from my favorite band waiting for me, but I had to go call my credit card company for a half hour, which isn't, <laughs> like, painful. Like, like, I could have, like, waited in line or whatever. Yeah. But I was just, like, they had to go through so many hoops to unblock, uh, the iTunes just so I could get this free album, which is funny. That's like, cause it's free, but it's the fact that iTunes verifies your credit card even still just to make sure right. you do have a valid one right. before exactly. they allow your account to be active. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so. funny. 
Yeah, and then um, yeah, and then people were complaining like, "Hey, I got this free album that I didn't ask for, it, right?" Which is crazy to think of in the first world. Like, "Hey, here's this free album. Um, if you you might not like it, who cares? You know, whatever. You know, just like just it's free. Go on with your life, you know." But uh, but people you know they didn't realize that they have automatic download for their iTunes for music. So it actually like so it says purchased, and so it says purchased. You know, they have a little, little switch that says, like, hey, it get, gets automatically downloaded to their account. And so they would show up one day, like one morning, and just, like, they get just upset that this, someone gave them some free music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And it there's the – okay, so on the tech side, the, especially the tech nerd community that you and I are involved with, I know there's a right. lot of, like, back and forth and debate about the, you know, ethics of this. And you right. know, is a spam that they're throwing in your iTunes? Because I – I get that, like you said, if somebody has automatic downloads turned on, then it would actually technically be downloaded. I was kind of like saying it's in the cloud. You don't. It's not like you, you have to listen to it. It's not really. But if you do have automatic download turned on, you would have done it. And the argument some people are making is like, well, if your device is low on space and then you download, like, is it, and <laughs> even that feels like I get it. But it's like that's a very first world problem too. Of like, yeah, I can't take a picture with this pocket phone because. Uh-huh someone gave me a free album and it's like, <laughs> are you kidding? And, and they yeah. like, I mean, obviously Apple realized something screwed up cause they put out the tool to remove the, like it's so right. bizarre that they have to put out a special app link thing in the iTunes store to remove the thing now. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> if you have a 16 gig iPhone, I guess, or an eight gig iPhone somehow, which they still sell for ridiculous reasons, you should, uh, I can see being a little upset, but like it would take a moment to just like, swipe to delete that and you're done right with the free yeah. album that someone a band normally would charge 10 bucks for i don't know <laughs> yeah so like but there's gonna be some pride in the fact that apple made you a custom web page to get you off their other people their, their people other people's iphones you know just like here's just one page and you're just like hey <laughs> people got so pissed off enough with my free music that they decided like hey one click button to remove it. So. I like how just from a web standpoint, the in the HTML, like the title tag for it is just SOI removal. Not even they don't put like songs of innocence removal. It's just like <laughs> so when you bookmark it or whatever it or like I'm bookmarking it for the post here or whatever, just top title tag is SOI removal, not even songs of innocence. <laughs> but it's like it's a window of <clears throat> whatever it is a month here that yeah. the the album's free in iTunes. And then after yeah. that they're gonna release a traditional method of you know, in the stores and with a CD that'll probably presumably have, you know, f- a few extra tracks so that diehards like us will still go out and buy the. <laughs> yeah. But even then, like the, the new tracks are like, there's like <clears throat> four new tracks, but two of them are going to be remixes from what I, I, from oh, really? what the rumors are. Yeah. And then two are actually be, two are actually going to be new songs. So, right. Um, so it's sort of like, yeah, there's four songs, but it's, you know. So then the fans will, some, the cheap fans will go just, you know, look on the internet and grab the. Right. two new songs and yeah and some of them will buy it that's what <laughs> people i saw people on some of the youtube fans i don't follow a lot i i the youtube online fans get i love them if they <laughs> listen to this podcast but they the some of them get a little over the top with supporting the the need to support the band as if it's like a a charity or something yeah, yeah i think they're okay yeah, I think I they'll think be okay. I think, they, I think they're good to go. Reportedly, they got a hundred million dollars from Apple for this release. So, regardless of how many people actually, you know, quote unquote, listened or download or whatever, they mm-hmm. got a hundred million bucks just to play one song. <laughs> Pretty good wedding right. band gig if you can get it. Yeah. And uh, 
and apparently, uh, like, uh, just saw an update from Mashable that 33 million people have experienced, air quotes, <laughs> Songs of Innocence using iTunes, which, right. like, their last album sold 1.5 million or whatever, right? Is that? Yeah. So, yeah, from yeah. an artist, like a creative person standpoint, that's that's pretty cool, <laughs> right? Like, Yeah, and then if you get, like, 10% of people buy, would be interested in buying a, a ticket on tour, you know, that's 3.3 million people, right? Yeah. That would potentially... You know, and then three point three could be new fans that you never, you never touched before, right? Yeah. I mean, because most people who like, I did a thing, um, like on my Twitter account. I think I don't know, over the weekend, I guess or whatever. But I was just like, I just went looking for the most epic YouTube, uh, uh, freakouts that I could right. find about the album, <laughs> and most of them I found it were like young, you know, young kids who had never heard of YouTube because, you know, the uh, Xlabs maybe the last album didn't, um, they weren't. They're, they're young young children who just you know young children like oh god I'm a dinosaur but uh <laughs> but uh, they they hadn't heard you too they hadn't heard about Uptown Baby they hadn't heard Joshua Tree and um the side effect of releasing uh 500 uh you know the album to 500 million iTunes accounts is that their back catalog is now in the top 40 yeah you know? <laughs> like Wars in there Joshua Tree's up there Octoon Baby's up there. I think Unforgettable Fire is like in the you know floating up there in top 100, so it's really just a great boon uh, financially for them, and, and they have a you know 22 Grammy awarded you know back catalog that they can just you know uh, rise to the surface a little bit more, and so it's pretty good. But but yeah, so but there's a lot of freakouts. Like uh, my favorite one was uh, so all caps was that uh, people compared you two giving you a free album to someone who would drop uh, their mixtape into. Uh, uh, takeout bags at a, at a fast food restaurant or something like that. Right. So, <laughs> I, like, I don't think that's really the same, but I appreciate the analogy just the same. But uh, uh, yeah, and uh, but yeah, so but yeah, so uh, but there's a lot of new fans who never knew about YouTube, know about them now, and I think that's just great marketing. And um, but I, I I just think that uh, this just shows you that the internet just hates free music. <laughs> that's the thing and I, what what would you say I guess like whether you agree with the backlash or not from the folks who are complaining mm-hmm. for various reasons yeah. what could Apple slash U2 have done differently or better to avoid that like is the solution that they should have just set up put up a page that said here download this if you want it yeah I mean or they what? could have done it but I think it, it goes to show you where we are right now is that uh, we have all this cool technology that um, you buy something and it automatically downloads to all your devices, or if you just have one device to multiple devices all at once, and uh, which which I think I, I do. I think I just have it all like if it's ready to go, it goes down to to all devices uh, for music. Um, is that um, they did what they thought was a good idea? Apple did was just like okay, you purchased it. We'll just say hey, it's in your album, it's in your in your iTunes, and we'll mark it as purchased. Therefore, it automatically gets you know spread, and so that's sort of what. I think Apple and YouTube wanted, right? They wanted people to realize, yeah, there's Spotify, there's uh, radio, there's audio, uh, there's all this, you know. Um, but you know, we're, there's still iTunes out there, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's, it was a good wake up call for them, and it's a good, good call for YouTube to to get their music out. Um, so I think that's what they wanted to have happen. Um, I probably, I probably would have done a little bit more of a marketing push. Um, than what they did. They, they, they really wanted the element of surprise, which which is what Apple is known for. 
but I feel like they could have done a little bit more of a teasing um, up to the point, you know, and make it yeah. just a. Um, well, there's also folks who are saying this is like you know, who want to paint you two as the dinosaur and the old band and the trying yeah. to stay hip thing, like saying you know Beyonce did the like out of nowhere album drop with a whole bunch of videos on iTunes and stuff, and and then yeah. you know that was kind of the thing that started one of these this idea in general and that U2 is kind of like just trying to copy that and like hey wow we have a new album isn't everybody excited and and I feel like they're that I don't know maybe I'm reading it wrong I guess but I don't feel like U2 is trying to piggyback on that so much as piggyback right. on the technology and the mm -hmm. interesting way of doing this more so than like it it goes a, against I think a lot of what U2 is probably internally done or tried to do in terms of how they would like to release an album and they they get pretty they follow a pretty good routine each time I guess of how they right. promote and release an album. Right. I mean, this will probably beat the uh, BlackBerry tour sponsored <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> that they had like six eight years ago or whatever. So like yeah, the BlackBerry sponsored their tour um, a while back, and I just I was shaking my head like oh man, sorry, but yeah. uh, um, sorry BlackBerry users, but. Uh, <laughs> But yes, but I I am interested in, in what the like they hinted that relationship going on with Apple for the next uh, couple of years, uh, probably throughout the tour and everything. And so I'm really looking forward to that, especially with the rumor of a second album dropping um, to go along with this this album. And I felt like I feel like that was a good good thing. I think, I think it'd be a good partnership down the road. Yeah, Bono um, had the little whatever blog post almost idea or, or yeah. something. Uh, yeah, uh, over on youtube.com and um, which again I'll put that in the show notes too if I can find because youtube.com is a terrible website. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm kind of curious as to how the new manager for YouTube is going to shape out. This is a very YouTube nerdy thing to say, but uh, my favorite member of YouTube is is Paul McGinnis, and so for <laughs> him to so it says he's retired and he, he, they have a new manager, um, it's be interesting to see how they how they navigate this new waters because Paul was a little bit with a new technology and and you know. The whole like you know, pirating issue or torting, whatever. He was, was very anti that, and so it was. You know, it's good to see you two try to face up and do something with uh, living in the twenty first century. And, well, and they've uh, got yeah, they've certainly been more active on their Twitter account, which I hadn't. I wasn't even following their Twitter account before because it was just useless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, and they actually now are like you know retweeting fans, tweeting at them about things, you know, fan art and stuff, and then right. posting pictures from. I mean, there, there was one. <laughs> that I retweeted it was just like air quotes discussions and it's just Ed, a blurry picture of Edge Bono Adam and uh, I forget who some other guy and they're in like some nondescript room doesn't look like a cool rock photo at all mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just kind of like not not like yeah not what I would choose is like a here's an inside peek you know you usually pick like a studio photo or some right. whatever smoky room anyway but they are actually at least doing something on there more so than like on the BlackBerry sponsored thing where it was like Edge yeah. must have had a con in his contract he had to like <laughs> tweet out photos with Blackberries that every well, five I, days. I did or... appreciate his uh his approach to social media because it was so new they didn't know what to do. But uh he would just tweet out photos. Yeah. And there was there was no you couldn't read in between the lines. You you had to look at the photo and and just see what's what was going on. And so I felt like um, you know, his, his, his excuse was kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know, you don't want to tweet, you know, you don't want to send a message or whatever, but, um, you know, they have a brand to protect and, and they, you know, they don't want to like, uh, step, step in it you know, pretty much. So, but I felt like, yeah, a tweet about photos from a rock star 
doing rock star things, going to places that you you and I can never go, or will never go probably. Yeah, like boarding uh, a private like, jet somewhere. And... Yeah, that was. I thought that was pretty. That was pretty interesting. Like I'm tweeting, but I'm not really tweeting. And by the way, uh, it's probably more interesting than your tweets. So. <laughs> Well, and okay, so we're we're keeping this to a thirty minutes, but we'll go a few minutes over because I'm I want to before we end just hear uh, if you had to, whatever, like someone who's looking to re- get into this album. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, where do you think it ranks so far? Like, you know, what are we? Less than I guess a week in now. It's been a week since it was announced. So, right. uh, where does the album rank for you? Hold for you in terms of, you know, your U two album listing in your head, kind of. Well, fake market charts. Well, I think it could be um, close to How to Dismantle Atomic Bomb, but I think that album really uh, grew on me during the live recordings, mm-hmm. uh, which is the uh, the live like, tour. And I felt like um, they kind of fixed some of the songs um, from uh, from how, from that from that album into the stadium play or the, the tour that they did. And so the live album. For that really does it the, the songs justice, and I feel like some of the songs here, um, I think you use the word probably like underproduced at some point. I think you're Twitter mm-hmm. or whatever, like talking to you. I feel like maybe that's a little bit too subtle, and um, but I know the album title was called um, "Songs of Innocence," so maybe they're kind of going for that, you know, you know, slower, like you know, more subtle approaches to the songs. So maybe they'll um, tweak them out there. But I think, um, I think, it, I think it's around there, like. By how does mental atomic bomb, which is also a personal record for Bono, like like they said, like, so like very personal for you. Top five is that where or where is? Yeah, probably top five. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I find like as an album. Now that I've listened to, like I said, the initial reaction was kind of like, "What the heck is this?" And then you know, you kind of either like obviously U two fans will just there's the the group of them that will just love everything U two puts out, and I'm certainly you know I have a I have one foot in that camp, mm-hmm. self admittedly, like I can confess to that, but. I feel like um, uh, after listening to it a few times now, it it definitely feels like, and maybe it was watching that uh, Killing Bono movie as well that kind of put me back into old school U2 mode because it you know, kind of highlights them up to their Joshua Tree tour. And mm-hmm. uh, this feels very much like that band from the 80s could have made this record um, in terms of sonically and musically and stuff. And, and, uh, and whether like you know, Bono's rhyming couplets and, and lyric <laughs> issues aside. Um, I feel like the album is for me anyways, too, is, is definitely up there in that, I don't know where top five grouping or whatever, just cause it's, it feels like a really good cohesive group of songs actually. And, and the theme of, you know, paying tribute to the bands that have gone before them, sort of like rattle and hum, um, right. which again, people either loved or hated, I'm sure at the time, very <laughs> divisive that way. But, um, so I don't know. So yeah. I guess songs from the album that you, uh, if someone was looking to get into it, and they they heard the Miracle of Joey Ramone, which is a single or whatever that they played mm-hmm. at the thing and is in the commercial. What uh, what other ones yeah. sleeper hits are you? Oh, I think Song for Someone. I think should be uh, the next single, um, which is really great. And then I think everything after. So <laughs> I have yet to uh, go listen to songs one through three on the album yet. I've I usually just start at number four song for someone and I just go through the album yet. So um, that's just, but uh, yeah, so that's what I like. And then um, song for someone and then raised by wolves. I'm kind of getting into, I think that's pretty good. And then uh, the troubles I'm also liking pretty well. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah that's what but, I I think Raised by Wolves is kind of is one of those un- unique sonic whatever kind of sound that doesn't sound like a U2 album but then when you think of them like from the War album and stuff completely yeah. could be them, right? Like that's right. that's maybe mm-hmm. where I hear that is especially on a song like that where they there's no way the how to dismantle an atomic bomb era U2 would put out a song like that. I feel mm-hmm. like but and then also as a as a concept, I feel like um I think the title for the rumored second album is uh, Songs of Experience. And so you could almost look at these songs as part of a double album. And then if you look at it, you know, as two albums as one, you know, maybe we'll get to look at the come back later and look at these songs in a new light and new perspective. And that's why I'm really looking forward to to seeing if that actually pans out. Because then then we get this like to kind of a see the songs is not just like 11 songs but maybe part of a, a set of 24 yeah songs. yeah which would be neat like a, that like thinking back to the actung babies europa kind of in a sense oh, yeah. double album mm-hmm. if you want to look at it that way because it was recorded sort of post or mid tour europa yeah. was and just that unique neat collection of songs and i'm sure again every youtube fan and whatever has loves and hates in those albums but i was actung baby was kind of my in, big introduction deep dive into you two and so um, that's yeah. it. Would be yeah. neat to have that kind of like dark. Yeah, Zuropa won me over as a YouTube fan. Like, you, like I was, I was, a, I was a big YouTube fan. But when they came out with Zuropa, when they did, I was just like, yeah, yeah, this is gonna be great. So, all right, well, we're at half an hour. Um, I would agree. I'll say, "Song for Someone" is definitely the most YouTube-y sounding YouTube song yes. on the album. Mm-hmm. I think, aside yeah. from the the chorus, "Song for Someone" over and over, I, I just find myself thinking. Just say someone's name instead of just sign. <laughs> Could you not decide? You couldn't figure out a name to, but I know there's more going on there. It's like that joke was like, you're in the middle of the desert, name the horse. Right. <laughs> and Iris is, Iris is one of those songs I didn't really love, but then I was like reading into it and reading a bit more about the song. And it's like, that's his, I think his mom's name or his mom's middle name. I can't remember. Bono's mom who passed away when his, it's like really sad story of like he's I think 11 or 12 at his grandpa's funeral his mom's dad's funeral and she drops dead as well mm. and so like that's which I love the backstory to a song and it, it, I, if there's something like that going on it doesn't have to be death hopefully all the time but if there's something like that going on then I kind of gravitate to that even more so just knowing the the sort of history of a song but I still don't love it but anyways we will uh, maybe we'll come back when songs of uh I was going to say songs of desperation, songs of experience comes out <laughs> if and when it comes well, there's out. There's that too. Yeah, maybe there'll be a third. All right, uh, where can folks find you, Chris, if they want to hear more U2 rants? Um, my Twitter account uh, is at Teleject, T-E-L-E-J-E-C-T. Or you can find me at uh, my website is Christopher.org. All right. Well, thanks, Christopher, for joining me. Thanks to Campaign Monitor and Less Accounting for sponsoring this episode of Dailish. Thanks for listening longer than usual to Dailish if you stuck around and uh, we'll talk to you again next time. Bye. You get an al- album. You get a U2 album. You get a U2 album. You get a U2 album. Well, oh, yeah, I should play album. a little tease of one song. Which what song should I tease? Just so that. Right. Do uh, Raised by Wolves. All right. I think I did that one on the previous episode of Dailyish, but. Okay. Yeah, do a volcano. All right. See ya. All right. See ya.
There's a man in the corner in a pool of misery I'm in a 